0: Ephesians 1 verses 1 to 14. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms before, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Peter to Go. God.
1: And thanks, Freddie, for reading. Uh, really good to see you. Um, uh, if you uh, want to follow this passage, uh, you, can, uh, you can get online here. If you look at t- TVCH Guest, it means you can get online because there's, no, uh, there's not really much signal here, but you can get on online and look up Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, how many of you were around last Sunday? Any of you? Some of you were around last Sunday. Some of you know that Joe was ill, and so I... Um, uh, basically, had to sight-read her talk, so I did feel like starting by saying, "Honey, I'm just feeling a bit under the weather, and just want—oh, <laughs> no, perhaps not—not <laughs> not after that look." So, anyway, very good to see, you. and we haven't done a day like this uh, for two years, and so it is really amazing. I think it is a sign of the Holy Spirit for all kinds of people to come together to be part of a community. The church is meant to be a diverse community, old and young, and uh, people from all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences, and people who've been uh, Christians for a long time, and people who are just uh, stepping into it and putting their toe into the Christian life. And and so it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is amongst a people where there is a diverse group of people kids and older people and so on, and so I really love these days, and uh, you should anticipate that the Holy Spirit will use you through the day, not just in the religious bits like now, but all the way through the day, that he will use you to connect with others in the presence of God as we rebuild a church uh, a community around God which is our which is what we're aiming to do between now and Christmas particularly after coming out of lockdown and also between now and December we're going to be uh, looking at Uh, A book in the Bible called Ephesians, because it's named after a a letter that St. Paul wrote to people in Ephesus, but he also wrote it to a whole bunch of different people as well. Uh, I think the the, the Ephesus word was uh, added slightly later, it's in one one of the later texts, but it seems like this was a bit bit of a circular letter that went to lots and lots of different churches in Asia, went to Ephesus and Laodicea and other kinds of places, and so it's a bit of a one-off book in the Bible. It's a, uh, you know, in a lot of the books in the Bible that Paul wrote and Peter wrote, they're trying to sort out some quite local problems. And um, in this one, this is like a big uh, sort of treatise that gets sent around to different people. And, uh, and it's really about what it means to be the church. And so that's why we in particular want to look at it post-lockdown and post-planting churches and gathering ourselves together because I think it's a text for us for now. And there are two themes in particular in, in uh, the book of Ephesians, in the letter to the Ephesians. And one is really about Paul's passion. Um, oh, there's a dog that's come in and gone out again. <laughs> that's marvellous. It's always great when, when people come to the front, you know, because they want prayer. So it's great. Um, uh, so, there, uh, so Paul's passion in his life... As a Jewish person was to see Jewish people and Gentile people who were very hostile to each other merge into one new humanity in Christ. that was his that was what was really uh, vital to him and uh, and as such, Ephesians then is a brilliant letter for us to help us think about what it means to be a diverse community built around God. and that's what part of what we'll be thinking about over these next few weeks and the second thing the second theme that comes through again and again and again in the book of Ephesians is Jesus has victory over everything he has victory over the powers he's writing to people who uh, feel themselves to be under the cosh or enslaved under spiritual powers that are beyond them So, in particular, around in Ephesus and others, they were enslaved by magic or by spirit powers. Not things that we think about so much these days, but uh, they are uh, still real. Um, And what he wanted to reassure them was, is that Jesus is greater than everything that you're coming up against. And we need that as well in our culture, don't we? We need confidence in being a Christian in the current culture. And so both those themes are really relevant to us as a church, although they're expressed slightly differently 2,000 years ago as they are to now. And this particular passage, which Freddie read to us, um, is like a big opener. Uh, it's sometimes good to think of a physical posture when you're reading a text. You know, some, some texts, the posture that you might want to do is to kneel. Uh, but I think this... The posture of this text is like an air punch. Will you do one with me? Just an air punch? It's a sort of Freddie Mercury moment. We've had one of those earlier. Uh, and, and he starts with an air punch. It starts with um, an overarching sense of, of positivity and uh, delight in God. And the first verse uh, that I want to look at is verse 3, because it is really an extraordinary verse. It's a blessing It's really blessing God who has already blessed us, and our worship, our songs that we've been singing this morning, is always a response to the blessing that God has already done in our lives. And so it says, uh, uh, this is probably the best translation, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. I wonder if you would say that after me. I'll, I'll do it in little sections. Ready? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in, heavenlies. in Christ. In Christ, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. It's an extraordinary thought, isn't it? And the rest of the passage basically expounds that thought. In fact, probably the rest of the letter expounds that thought. And the rest of the passage, if you're reading it in the original language, is one breathless sentence without a full stop. Because Paul is saying he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Everything. And then he says, in whom we have this, and in whom we have that, and in whom we have the other. All these different things. And what, what I think my task is for today is just to remind you of these things so that you know that you, um, you have God's backing. You have uh, just the solidity of a Heavenly, a Heavenly Father who has blessed you in the most extraordinary ways. Um, in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. And He's given you these things, and you can be confident because you already have them. You already have them. So, the first thing I want you to notice, and if you're following the passage, do from verse 3 onwards, uh, is really massive. I would say it's this: that if you look at the passage as a whole, you can see that God has drawn your story, your life, into His bigger and better story. So he has placed you within the whole sweep of prehistory all the way through history to post-history. And you have your part to play right in the middle of that. There's a story about Winton Masalis, who's a great jazz trumpeter. And uh, he was playing in a very small club in New York, quite unexpectedly. I don't think the audience were expecting him to be there. And he came up and he started an unaccompanied version of um, I Don't Have a Ghost of a Chance with You and it's an old 30s standard, and he, and he started playing, it's a very sad song, and he started playing, it, and uh, the audience were really, really amazed by how he was able to play uh, with such emotion and such purity, and, it was, and, and the audience were really rapt. And uh, he was, you know, jazzing around as jazzers do, moving around the tune, and then eventually, he was coming to the last phrase, I don't stand a ghost of a chance, and at that point, Someone's mobile went off with a really cheesy riff, and it and it sort of went in in the background. And the bloke who whose phone it was was fantastically embarrassed. Got up and ran out and took the call. And the thing was, the magic was broken at that point, and uh, and it seemed like the whole thing had been ruined. And there was a short pause. Uh, while people giggled a little bit and that kind of thing. And then Winter Masalis, took up his trump t- trumpet and played um, the ringtone exactly. And then he started playing around with it. And then he started changing key. And then he started modulating and moving around and, uh, and riffing off it and jazzing off it as, as these guys do. And, uh, and the audience suddenly realized they were in the presence of something really extraordinary. And he started moving around and he did this for a few minutes. And then he brought the ringtone into land by finishing off with, I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. And then the whole audience went completely crazy because they, <clears throat> they had seen something really miraculous. And what and, and that kind of story is a bit like, uh, you know, for our lives are like the little ringtones and the sweep of history, uh, the, of God's history, of his salvation history. And so we suddenly appear in the middle of God's incredible plans and and everything that he's doing. And uh, we we make our little bit of noise. And what God does is he takes hold of us and he starts riffing around uh, our own lives. And he, he draws us into his story. He draws us into his music so that we have a part to play. Now, the thing is, it's different... Uh, than the Masala story because God always intended you right from the beginning to make your little noise at this particular point in history but he is always going to weave you into his story and if you look at this passage you can see that um, from verses 3 to 6 it really clearly says that God is the initiator of our salvation our rescue before even history began before history he had you in mind he was thinking about you So he was ready for your little ringtone coming up in 2021. And then verses 7 to 12, Paul talks about the work of Jesus, who has brought about your and my salvation in history. So he did that 2,000 years ago. So that's a particular point in history, and we feel the effect of it now. And then the last little bit, he brings in the Holy Spirit, verses 13 and 14. And the work of the Holy Spirit, who has taken hold of this salvation that Jesus got for us on the cross and through his resurrection 2,000 years ago and he's brought it into the present so that right now you and I can receive the riches of, uh, of heaven in our own lives and we know that we're backed by something extraordinary and the Holy Spirit he says is the guarantor of our inheritance beyond the, beyond the end of history so after history is finished you have inheritance with your heavenly father Now these are really cosmic things to try and get our heads around, but what it means is your story and my story fits perfectly from somewhere from before history all the way through history, through now and into the future and beyond the end of time. You and I have a part to play right now in that extraordinary history that God has. So that's something that Paul is setting up for us to think about, and you just want to bank that for a few moments. Now, the other thing I particularly want to say about this passage is this. Who likes writing lists and crossing things out? Who gets satisfaction from that? Yeah? Yeah, okay. It just generally divides people, you know. But, you know, if you have a little list and you write, fix the bike, crossed out. Mm, That feels good. You know, hoover the cat. Mm, That was good. Eat the cake. Mm." Okay, so you feel a great sense of satisfaction, don't you? Now, the second thing about this passage is about that sort of thing, but it's God's satisfaction, if you like. Sometimes people think that Christianity is a list of to-dos, things that you've got to do, things that you've got to get right, moral things that you've got to do, things that you've got to get done. But in fact, what Paul is saying is that Christianity starts with a list, a to-do list for God that he has already crossed out for you. He's gone through the list and it's all already been done and God gets a lot of satisfaction from that and what he is asking you to do is to rest in the fact that God has already done these things for you he's crossed them off his list so if you remember the beginning it said praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ every spiritual blessing Then he says, in whom? And he says, seven things that God has chosen you and me before the creation of the world to be blameless before him, crossed out, done, that's done. He says, in love, he adopted us as his own children and as his inheritors, done, uh, that's verse five, verse six, he gives you and me grace freely, (laughs) done, all done. He forgives our sins because of his death on the cross. All done. He lets us know what he wants, his purposes for all of creation, so that we're not walking through this world blind. Done, verse 9 and 10. Verse 11 and 12, that Jews and Gentiles who have been hostile to each other are both included in one new humanity. That's done as well. And lastly, that you have been sealed, that you belong to the Holy Spirit. He guarantees your inheritance now and in the future. That guarantee has been done. So God has gone through this list and he's gone cross, 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 that these things have been already done for us. And you and I are invited to be seated and enjoy what God has already done for us. Not to try our best to get it, not to try our best to earn it. It's already yours and it's already mine and we are saved by resting in what God has done and we are dependent on him and we trust him. So I wonder if you would just um, do a little exercise. Maybe uh, everybody just stand for a second. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you very carefully to sit in your chair. Don't don't do it quite yet but I want you to... Get the experience of this is where Christian life starts, this is where Christianity always starts. It's resting and being seated on what God has already done. So, if you would like to just carefully uh, put your bums on the chair, don't lean back in your chair, but just sit on the chair. I'm going to do it as well. Okay. And then you are just going to be like properly. Really feel your way back into the chair and sit back. And you're going to trust that this chair really holds you. Okay? And you can stretch and lean back. Yeah, don't tip over. You can stretch and, 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 and feel that. So it's got you, hasn't it? It's totally got you. So close your eyes for a moment and just feel yourself being seated with Christ. And these are things that are absolutely secure that you can rest in. That God chose you before the dawn of history. So feel that in your body. God chose you before the dawn of history. He adopted you into his family as, your, as his child. That's you. You can bank on that, it's done. You stand to inherit his riches. He gives you his grace freely every day. That's you. You got that. He makes his will known to you. He gives you his spirit to show that you belong to him. And last one from this passage. His spirit guarantees your inheritance now and in the future at the end of history. So I just really encourage you to experience that. You can rest On those eternal truths. You can rest that God has done these things already for you. Okay, let's try one other thing, if I may. All right. Will you, uh, we often do this, will you do something that's just like a little nad more awkward than what we've just already done? (laughs) Oh no, says everyone. Okay, would you just just, um, uh, turn to the person next to you? Or find somebody behind you? Grab someone you may have already found. Just say hello if you don't know them. okay you're in a three so I just want to just because because you can read a passage like this and it's so like out there it's so about the dawn of history to the end of history and it's so about all the blessings in Christ in the heavenly realms it doesn't really become personal so I wonder if one of you would say to the other after me and if you're the kind of person you want to point you can point as well but let's try one let's try one of these you say to the other person, God chose you before the dawn of history. Okay, just, was that okay? Can you go with this? All right, I'm getting enough nods to keep going. All right, so one person said to the other after me, here we go. God chose you before the dawn of history. He's adopted you into his family as his child. Do you know, you stand to inherit his riches. Yeah, you were pleased with that one, weren't you? Yeah. And again, he freely gives you his grace every day. Now look them in the eyes. He has forgiven all your sins. (laughs) He makes his will known to you. He gives you his spirit. And his spirit guarantees your inheritance. Okay, if you're on the receiving end, just say to me, uh, was that all right? That yes. was okay? Was it better than okay? Yes. Okay, it's good to make these things personal. Let's do it slightly more quickly the other way, okay? So the other person can receive. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Oh, and let me just say, if you're here today and you're, you're not really sure you're a believer, I just want you to say... Uh, I just want you to know that um, if, you, if you're engaging in this thing and you're listening to someone say God chose you before the beginning of history and so on, um, these are the tr- these are the truths you step into as you start a life with God. And so, if you if you experience something as God, uh, as as somebody s- says these things to you, it's really well worth finding out more about the Christian faith because. Um, this is the sort of thing that is, that is real in our lives and could be real in yours as well. So, all right, here we go, a little quicker. God chose you before the dawn of history. He adopted you in his family as his child. You, you stand to inherit his riches. He freely gives you his grace every day. Okay, closer in he has forgiven your sins he makes your will he makes his will known to you he gives you his spirit and his spirit guarantees your inheritance amen okay, that's good all right, last things on this so I just want um sometimes paul's Paul's words are quite difficult to decipher you know if you read one of Peter's letters he says sometimes Paul's letters are quite difficult to understand <laughs> even St. Peter had that trouble and this is one long sentence which I'm trying to break down so that we actually receive this personally and I hope uh, that's begun something for you I just want to say um, you may have questions uh, about this passage I'm just going to outline two of them and then we'll do a bit of prayer so one one question would be is if I am the recipient of so many blessings why is my life so bad that's quite a good question isn't it well i just say two things about that one is if you look at verse 14 it's talking about the nature of the holy spirit the holy spirit is given to you as a down payment he says like a deposit like a partial payment and it's not the full payment and so St. Paul is being very clear that all the blessings that the Holy Spirit brings are just a down payment in the broken world in which we live. And so it guarantees the future when the inheritance will come in all its fullness. There will be no more suffering, no more badness, no more pain, no more tears in the future. But now is simply a down payment where we get a taster of the future and we also get enough to live in in this broken world. And the second thing just to say is that God never promises to give us a stress-free environment. In fact, Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. So that's a promise from the Son of God. In this, in this world you will have trouble. It's just that he gives you abundant resources in the down payment of the Holy Spirit um, to live confidently and powerfully while facing trouble. In fact, specifically while facing trouble. So you will have enough um, uh, so then those things do go together. We are the recipient of many blessings, and we can rest in them. But often life can be bad, but you're given enough in order to make your way through a difficult life. The second thing is, how do we access uh, these blessings? How do we access them? How do we really rest in them? Well, just to, just to remind you of that, really, uh, that well-known story that Jesus told about the prodigal son. And you can hear it in musical form, by Damascus Road. How many of you have heard that? It's just been dropped. Very good. Very good. But basically, if you don't know the story, it's the story of two young men and the the generous inheritance they get from their father. There are two sons. One is wasteful, but ends up being repentant. And the other one is hardworking and dutiful, but bitter. And one accesses the blessings and one does not. And uh, the first one goes out And he squanders everything, and he wastes everything that he's been given. Um, But the father doesn't gripe about that. He doesn't gripe about the fact that uh, everything had been squandered, but ran towards him and rejoiced in the opportunity of giving this boy more. An extraordinary thing. And Watchman Nee, who was uh, a famous... 20th century Chinese Christian leader who is in prison on false charges for the last 20 years of his life, so he didn't have it easy. He said this, God is so wealthy that his chief delight is to give. His treasure stores are so full that it is painful to him when we refuse him an opportunity for lavishing those treasures upon us. It was the Father's joy... That he could, in the story, that he could find in the prodigal an applicant for the robe, the ring, the shoes, and the feast. It was his sorrow that the elder son found no, in his elder son, he found no such applicant. So the older boy refuses to come into the party, complaining in bitterness that he's been given so little. But the father says to him, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. It's just you've never really connected with it. You've never really understood that. You've tried to earn uh, what is already yours. So it's possible to keep ourselves away from these incredible blessings that are ours. The older brother seeks to earn his father's love and generosity rather than realize he's already got it. So you already have all these things. The younger son comes in humility, sorrow, vulnerability, dependency, and trust. And he knows that he's done Less than nothing to earn his father's delight and generosity. But something in him knows that he can turn to his father and trust his loving and generous nature. How abundantly wealthy and great God is and how generous he is. So let's make that younger son's mindset our mindset to rest in the knowledge that our father loves us and is generous to us and has done all these things already for us. So why don't we pray for a few moments. Now, I wonder if, first of all, you just pray uh, sitting down. And if you're praying sitting down, uh, I just uh, ask, ask you to adopt a position that's kind of alert and relaxed. But I want to pray seated because um, the book of Ephesians says we are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. And we rest on these things that God has already done. So we want to pray in a restful position like we were doing earlier. So just as, you, as you're seated, I'll just encourage you to approach your Heavenly Father who is generous and, let's face it, rich in blessings. And just come to Him with thankfulness maybe you want to say thank thanks to him for anything that you can think of And for some where in the last uh, few weeks or possibly even months, you've really been knocked. You've been whacked. You've been knocked off course. Just stabilize yourself again on the riches of his blessings. Stabilize, you know, Just know again that, these, that the blessings of God are for you. And for us as a community. So just receive it, receive it. It's already done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now let's stand together. And there's a particular thing I think the Lord wants to... Set in us, so I just this is the posture for for you receiving something from the Holy Spirit now right now you 've rested in what God has done for you, but uh, if it helps you to put your hands out in front of you, then please do. I'm just going to ask the Lord for for us as a community and as individuals to have the mindset that Paul gives us here it's it's not a it's not a mindset of scarcity or of desperation it's a mindset of resting on God, who is abundant, regardless of circumstances, whether your circumstances are good or bad. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and rest on us? And we know we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So come and renew our mindset. Show us again the Father's generosity, his lavish love, his generosity, his abundance. And all the things that have already been done, that we rest on, Holy Spirit, we offer you our minds and the way we see things, as we want to see them better as you th- as you see things. Holy Spirit, come and do that. And Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us afresh with your presence and your power. Equip us for the days ahead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So two things to finish. Um, one is I think there's a, uh, there's a particular grace for people in their workplaces right now. i do uh, not quite sure what that's about. But if you have been asking for more of God's presence in the workplace, um, then maybe put your hand on your heart. I'm just going to pray that, that as a blessing. Father, increase your presence in these people. Increase your presence. Lord, equip them with greater power and gifts of the Holy Spirit to be able to see what you see and to know what you know. Lord, to heal the sick and to drive out evil, to create space in the workplace for you to move through what they say and what they do. I bless them with increase, a power boost right now. And Lord, let there be stories of changed lives in the workplace over these next few weeks, we pray. Thank you, Lord. And so if you're receiving, just continue to receive. There's an anointing on that right now. Just receive that. You may feel it, you may not. But he's here and he's resting on you. And the other thing, in a moment, we're going to finish our prayer by just opening our eyes and uh, in a moment. And the thing, I just want you to know, when you open your eyes, when you've been in the presence of the Lord, you look around, the situations look the same physically. But on the inside, you're different because you've met with Jesus and you've rested on his riches and his blessings. So that's how we live our life in in. 21st century Exeter often we've been with the Lord we're changed on the inside and we are ready to face whatever comes so just over these next few moments open your eyes and look around God is with you God is empowering you In Jesus' name.